It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 2nd, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. No Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live on this Monday, just a straight, regular Good old episode of Locked On Magic. Uh, We'll talk all about the Magic's game against the Atlanta Hawks coming up in just a moment. I'll also talk a little bit about some of the issues that came out of this weekend's game as Orlando dropped two games to teams that we can fairly say are tanking. And I think there are long-term implications coming off of that. If you've talked to me online, if you've listened to the show at all, you kind of understand my stance on tanking. And so you'll come to see where I'm coming at with these two takes that I have on the issue. But let's set the table for all that with a recap of Sunday night's loss to the Atlanta Hawks. The Orlando Magic fall the Atlanta Hawks 94-88. Yet another game where the Orlando Magic are unable to get the ball moving offensively. Where the Magic are unable to make shots, even easy shots. Where the Magic are just out of flow completely and just don't seem very engaged with the game. Uh, They were down by as much as 15 points. They trailed by 13 at the end of the first half. And Chad Forcier, speaking to Dante Marcatelli on the Fox Sports Florida telecast, pretty much said, we don't respect, we didn't respect the opponent. You know, we weren't familiar with with their personnel. We didn't move the ball. It, it, It felt very much like a statement from a coach who sort of recognized that his team had checked out, that his team was not respecting the game or how whatever you want to call it. That the team was not getting the job done in any way, shape, or form. And really, the only reason the deficit wasn't more embarrassing, perhaps, is that you are facing a team like the Atlanta Hawks. No offense to the Atlanta Hawks, they played a really, really good game. But their record is what it is for a reason, just as the Magic's record is what it is for a reason. Orlando was able to get themselves back into the game, cutting the lead to as few as two points in the fourth quarter. And it looked like we were in for a game that if the Magic could just find a way to scratch one out, they would get the victory. But Atlanta was the one making the plays throughout the game. It was Dwayne Dedman working the glass and making some timely shots. It was Tyler Dorsey coming off the bench and scoring a career-high 19 points and making some very difficult shots and making some very good shots for the Hawks. It was Atlanta getting stops on the defensive end. It was Orlando unable to to get loose and make shots, even easy shots. Nikola Vucevic struggling especially from the floor. It was Atlanta that took it to Orlando and played the aggressor all night. I think I can say this pretty fairly. Even with the Magic's depleted roster, they had more talent than Atlanta in this game. No Dennis Schroeder for the Hawks in this one. Yet, it was Atlanta that played with urgency, that played with... Uh, with speed and aggression, 
even just shooting one free throw attempt for the game. That's that's how embarrassing this loss was, frankly. The Hawks shot one free throw attempt in the game. That's defensive indifference. That's not defensive skill. Even though you're giving up only 94 points. That's defensive indifference to me. Atlanta scored 50 points in the paint and in a 94-88 game. That is significant. The Hawks made timely shots, made timely threes, and scored the victory. A well-deserved victory for Atlanta and another frustrating loss. One that mirrored a frustrating loss to the Bulls on Friday where the Magic fell down by as much as 17, uh, I think it was 17 points at one point. Came back because they are the better team, frankly, and then was unable to get over the hump in the final moments of the game where they just go cold, where they just lose all ball movement and just... Don't pay attention on defense. Friday's game to me was one where it just needed effort. If you play hard, get to the ball first, do those little things, the simple little things, not even difficult little things, you can get a win. It felt the same way. Felt the same way Sunday night in Atlanta. And Atlanta wanted the win more. And that's saying something in a game where it sometimes felt like neither team really wanted to win. But that's the stage of the season we've gotten to. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of this episode chatting about very, very shortly. Let's run through some final stats for you, though. Um, Aaron Gordon, 10 points, 4 for 13 shooting, 2 for 6 from from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. He had some really nice moments in this game. Let's let's be perfectly clear. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about Aaron Gordon and his impact at the end of the show. But largely, I felt like he was invisible. I largely felt like he just didn't want to take over the game. And this game was screaming for Aaron Gordon to take over, just like Friday night's game was screaming for Aaron Gordon to take over. And so frankly, personally, I'm a little disappointed that he didn't take over this game, that he did not uh, take that next step that that the Magic need or, or, or make that extra play that the Magic needed uh, as, as a player. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Nikola Vucevic really struggled, though, in this game. 3-for-19 from the floor, over 3 from beyond the arc. 14 rebounds, 10 points for Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic's offense has just disappeared, man. Uh, That's the only way to describe it. He is missing shots that he normally makes, both jumpers and around the basket. And when he's not giving you much offensively, when he's shooting 3-for-19, he is very hard to put on the floor. Because his defense is still not very good. His defense is still a huge problem. And especially early in this game, it felt like Vucevic was not playing well in the pick and roll, was giving up a lot of paint points, and was not challenging shots very well. And when that happens, the Magic's defense is just not good. And so Vucevic has to make up some of that on the offensive end. And right now, he is just not doing that. 3 for 19. It's not that he was getting bad shots. He was missing bunnies, missing layups. And just Vucevic just seems like out of sorts. Really, since the since the since the inj- coming back from injury, Vucevic has not been the same player. He's getting his numbers, but it's not been efficient. And and the Magic, especially with all the injuries they're facing, need Nikola Vucevic to step up if they want to win games. You can argue maybe that they don't want to win games right now, and that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Other interesting stat lines, uh, DJ Augustin, the only player for the Orlando Magic to shoot better than 50% in the game, 8 for 14, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. DJ Augustin, I wrote this in the grades, probably for the last week, two weeks, 
DJ Augustin's been the best player on the Magic. Like, like seriously, take a step back and think about it. We don't talk a lot about DJ Augustin a lot because he's just he's not an important player for the future, perhaps. But DJ Augustin's been the most consistent, hardest working, hardest playing player, most productive player on the Magic, really for the last two weeks. You can go back and look at the numbers on this. And he did it again in this game, just scoring scoring well. I mean, maybe he's obviously not the point guard of the future. He's obviously not a guy that you want to, to be a long-term starter. Still has a lot of flaws, but he produces now. He spreads the floor. He does a lot of good things. He fits in well. So another solid game from DJ Augustin from the point guard position. Final guy to talk about in this one, Jonathan Isaac. A career-high 15 points. Four rebounds. One assist, one steal, three for six from beyond the arc, five for 11 from the floor. A really, really nice game from Jonathan Isaac. But his best offensive game, probably, of the year. Got out in transition, ran, the, ran well down the lanes, hit some three-pointers, which got his confidence up, did all the things that he does well defensively. A really solid game from Jonathan Isaac. Uh, continued growth from him. He still makes rookie mistakes. He still... Kind of, it feels like he's just going a little too fast sometimes that he hasn't, in some ways, grown into his body quite yet. So he's still kind of all gangly. But a really promising game from Jonathan Isaac. Um, You know, they still have him on a minutes restriction. He played 20 minutes in this game. You wanted to see more of him. In fact, with the Magic trailing late in the fourth quarter, you wanted him out there. He was the guy that wasn't out there that was like, get him out there now. We need him out there. And he played the final three minutes to hit that 20 minute minute that 20 minute restriction. Everyone's been eager to see him off a minute restriction and playing kind of full bore. He's not there yet, though. Maybe we'll see him get there fairly, fairly soon. So we'll we'll see about him in a moment. The Magic, though, end up shooting 34.4% from the floor, 10 for 36 from beyond the arc, 12 for 13 from the foul line. Turn it over just five times. So turnover's not an issue in this one, uh, but Orlando unable to score, and that's obviously the point of the game. Um, only 18 points in the first quarter. Uh, again, they hit 88 points, just not able to sustain much offense. They give up 35 in the second quarter as Atlanta pulls away. The Hawks shoot 48.2% from the floor, 11 for 36 from beyond the arc. They're led in scoring by Tyler Dorsey with 19 points. Dwayne Dedman had 17 points, 10 rebounds on 7 for 16 shooting. Uh, John Collins added 10 points, 11 rebounds as the Hawks win 94 to 88. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And we're at a point in the season where we know what's going on here. I mean, we know. The Magic are playing for ping pong balls. No other way to put it. The Magic are playing for ping pong balls. And the last two opponents especially are also playing for ping pong balls. The Chicago Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks have nothing left to play for except draft positioning. 
No one should hide from this. This is this is the reality of what's going on. And you watch a team like the Bulls, especially the lineup that they close the game with. Ryan Archidiacono. Uh, I think Noah Vonley was out there. They didn't even play Laurie Markkinen in a close game at the end of the fourth quarter. That team is tanking. That's tanking. That's purposefully sabotaging your team and its chances, supposedly. The Magic are not tanking. Yeah, the Magic might be playing Rodney Purvis a little bit more. He played 11 minutes. They're playing Ken Birch a little bit. He played 649. The Magic are still trotting out their regulars. They got no one else really to play. And trying to win these games. And they're not. They're getting beat by tanking teams. All due respect to Tyler Dorsey. Played a fantastic game. All due respect to Josh Majette. Played a very solid game on Sunday. Those guys were out there finishing a close game. Not, you know, not Torian Prince. Not Damien Lee. I mean, the Hawks don't have a full NBA roster, it feels like. Again, all due respect to those players. The Magic are not tanking. What they're doing right now is something much worse. It feels like they're not trying. It feels like right now they're getting beat by teams that just care a little bit more. Friday night's game was a close game. The Magic had a three-point lead entering the fourth quarter at home against one of the worst teams in the league. And Chicago's beating them to offensive rebounds. It's not just a matter of Orlando missing shots. They're missing shots. But that's not everything in this. What's happening here is the Magic have checked out. And if you've, list- if you've listened to the show enough, you know I hate saying that. Because I can't prove it, and I don't want to accuse guys of doing something that is heinous, to be frank. Goes against everything that athletes play for. And I don't want to assume that these guys aren't trying their hardest, but these are games that between two teams that don't really want to win, that aren't competing for anything, that it's plainly about competitiveness and plainly about a desire to win. And what concerns me most is not that the Magic are losing these games. The Magic are a bad team. Their record says they're a bad team. They're going to lose these games. What concerns me most is that the Magic are letting these other teams outwork them and beat them. They're not doing things even remotely near the right way. Aaron Gordon... We'll talk more about him in a moment, but Aaron Gordon shooting the way he shot against Chicago. I think he missed his first 10 shots in that game. I don't mind him continuing to take shots, and I don't think all his looks were bad. But he was not trying to get to the basket. He was settling for jumpers. Everyone was. No one was willing to sacrifice a little bit, go through a little bit of pain to win the basketball game. And so when, I, when I've talked about culture 
on this podcast, and I've said with whatever little time the Magic have in this lost season, they need to build a foundation. I'm not necessarily saying they, they, they need to be going for wins, but I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win games. I'm saying that they need to do things the right way, go through the process of trying to win a game, feel the pain of defeat, and fix it the next time. The fact that Orlando turned around after losing to Chicago the way they did and lost in almost the exact same way to Atlanta. Just kind of an uninspired, going-through-the-motions effort. We've still got a week and a half left in the season. And it's not just that the starters are doing it. It bleeds into the young guys. You see, Isaac makes some slip-ups. Gordon's certainly guilty of it. He's got a lot of it ingrained in him over the last four years. These are the things you don't want to seep into your key players. These habits need to be stamped out now. It might already be too late. And so while it's enticing to go after that draft pick, remember, it's not a draft pick. It's a chance at a draft pick. So I continue to say, focus on what you can fix now. You don't get this time back. It's gone. But those habits remain. Teaching a young kid like Isaac that it's not, it's okay not to put in your best effort to win a game. That's not good. That's not going to hurt him. That's going to hurt him, especially because he's a he's a guy that relies so much on his energy and effort, and is going to rely so much on his energy and effort as his career continues to blossom. So, I'd be fine if the team were were tanking. I I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd get it. If that's why they're losing games, they should be losing games because they're not talented enough, which they have been. That they're not a good enough team. They have been. What is unacceptable is not hitting this basic, basic, basic requirement. To play hard. You look at the Bulls, you look at the Hawks, and the way they played in Friday and Sunday's games. Those teams are unequivocally, no offense to either one, less talented than the Magic. But they're able to beat them fairly easily because they don't care. They're going to play hard anyway. They're going to make you work and bet that you don't want to work harder than them. The Magic were unwilling to work harder than them. That's what it came down to. It's not about making... It's it, Making shots is important, but Orlando was still in the game at the end. They didn't lose to Atlanta because they didn't make shots. They got beat defensively. Atlanta took the lead early on because Orlando was missing shots and not getting back. Those habits are unacceptable. Plain and simple. So you might be happy with the loss. But I'll tell you what. 
This is worse. This is worse than tanking. Because you're not playing to your, the standard you set yourself. You're not respecting the game, which, again, sounds fluffy, but you're not helping yourself grow. You're not taking advantage of the opportunity you have. There are 82 games in a season. And I get it. It sucks right now. I get it. There's nothing to play for. There's no motivation to play for. Tell that to the Bulls and Hawks. They played really hard. They played like they had something to play for. And they weren't perfect. They're bad teams. They gave the Magic every opportunity to win those games, even with how poorly the Magic played. But they won those games because they were willing to work for them. And Orlando's got to be willing to work for them too. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think a lot of this starts with the the most important player on the Magic's roster right now. Right now, I'm not seeing the growth I want to see from Aaron Gordon. Right now, I'm not seeing him grow into the player that the Magic will need him to be moving forward. There is no doubt right now that Aaron Gordon is the future of this team. That the Magic are willing and are going to invest heavily in Aaron Gordon this summer. And that he's someone that they're going to rely on heavily next season for whatever their goals are. There's no doubt about this right now. And so, and on top of that, he's earned that. He's earned that respect. His team best scoring average, his scoring outbursts, just the the general talent that he has. He's earned this opportunity. He's earned this respect and he's earned this role that the Magic are going to bestow on him. So now we've spent most of the season talking about Aaron Gordon's star turn, about him becoming this key player and how much he can still grow. And he's still got a lot of growth to go. We've picked apart his game, talking about, you know, how he ISOs too much, which again, a a big flaw in his game. How, you know, he's kind of fallen in love with this three-point shot, how his defense slipped. We've talked about a lot of these things. But now comes the hard part. Now comes the intangible part. And now is the time for him to build this part. Because while everyone else is gone, Gordon's going to stay. And so right now, the Magic need Aaron Gordon to take ownership of this team. They need him to be the catalyst for anything good that happens with this group and push others up to that level. Again, setting a standard, a foundation for growth, for whatever culture you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. 
Aaron Gordon has to be the catalyst right now. And unfortunately, we're only seeing it in flashes. Take the third quarter of the game on Sunday. The Magic are down by 13. Aaron Gordon's looked like a pedestrian, like he's kind of been part of the team, not really a a key figure. Some of that is just poor offensive ball movement. He's trying to stay within the flow of the offense. He's not trying to take over too much. But quickly, in a few bursts, that energy comes, and the whole dynamic of the game changes. Gordon scored the first five points of the third quarter, bringing the Magic back into the game. He did that. So Gordon makes that run. And then disappears again. Struggles with a shot. Settles for the outside. Doesn't get to the foul line. Doesn't get to the basket. Didn't take a free throw in all of Sunday's game. Two for six on a four for 13 night. So he was two for seven inside the paint. A lot of those jumpers, not at the rim. This is something that Gordon has to change about himself. Because now that he is looking to be the star of this team, and certainly someone that's going to stay with this team beyond this season, he has to take ownership of this group of this team, of wearing that jersey. He has to set the standard. A lot of people have argued to me that players make the culture. You can't create culture and insert players into it. And I agree. It is a chicken or an egg problem. A lot of people want to get the player first. I want to build the culture first. So I'll say it here then. I'll say it here then. Right now, Aaron Gordon is the culture of this team. When Aaron Gordon coasts, this team coasts. When Aaron Gordon plays hard, this team plays hard. When Aaron Gordon makes plays, this team is better. Like, significantly better. And you could see it again against Atlanta. You could see it again against Chicago. Too often, though, especially at this point in the season, I'm seeing Aaron coast to the finish line. Whether he likes it or not, He is a leader on this team. And it's unfair to ask a 22-year-old to be a full leader. They're just things he hasn't experienced and doesn't know yet. But he is the leader of this team. We all sense it. Nikola Vucevic is probably gone this summer. Magic are trying to trade Evan Fournier. Aaron Gordon is the guy. Aaron Gordon is the driver of this boat right now. And that comes with a major responsibility. A responsibility that Aaron hasn't fully grasped yet. And so what I would propose for the rest of the season, to to ensure losses like Friday and Sundays don't happen again, Aaron Gordon has to set the example. He has to take ownership of this team and bleed and die with every loss, which he, which largely he has. But again, it's human nature to, to numb yourself to it. 
Aaron Gordon is so important to this to, to this team right now. In fact, him and Jonathan Isaac are probably the only two things any of us should be focused on on a regular basis. And I'm trying not to make every article about those two, but that's the reality. And now, right now, not next year, not over the summer, right now, with these final seven games, six games, whatever it is, right now, Aaron Gordon has to start growing into the leader the Magic need. And that means taking over games. That means picking up his energy when he feels others are lacking. Understanding where his teammates are at and where his team is at. And when he doesn't have a shot, finding a way to make a difference. A positive difference. And a positive impact, even on his bad nights. It's not all going to come all come at once, that is for sure. But Gordon can still make it happen. We know he has the talent. We know he has the ability. We just need to see it happen now. And if we can get any semblance of that before the end of the season, then maybe, maybe the Magic can salvage something out of it. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at Lock, at Philip R underscore OMD. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can of course subs- you can of course follow the podcast as well online at LockedOnMagic.com where we post the podcast of course and start some discussion points as well as talk about other issues with the Magic, including taking a look at what I'm reading and what I'm preparing for as I get ready for each episode of Locked On Magic. We're coming to the end of the season, of course, so we'll have plenty to get to as we start preparing for the off season looking back at the 2018 season, and so on and so forth. That's going to do it for me today. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look at what Tracy McGrady thinks of the upcoming draft class, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 